Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Talking about Roma, we should talk for one hour probably about it. I would love to do a special on Roma one day. Because there are the fans, they are probably the most passionate in Italy. Uh, to find passion. <laughs> find passion as criticism uh, right. and overreaction about everything. So in the mm-hmm. good days, but also in the bad days. Mm. So when they win, the Roma fans are like, we're going to win the Scudetto. When they lose, they're like, we're going to get relegated. Right. So there is no balance. And also there is no balance. In Thanks, Rhino. In what, like, I mean, we're not starting. So. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, the, are, the, are the Roma fans the most likely to turn up at the airport? Because I know that's a very Italian thing. Uh, let's say that if Messi goes to Rome, there will be an earthquake close to Fiumicino <laughs> Airport. But yes, and uh, but also the they are very the, the most passionate in Italy. I would say yes, in a good days, but also in the bad days. It's a bit like Newcastle. <laughs> Yeah. There was one fan that was particularly passionate recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bit too passionate. Bit too passionate, yeah. yeah. It, it, Did he punch a horse again? No, he... Uh, no, there is a... <laughs> oh, he exposed himself. Publicly. I think it's called a helicopter. <laughs> um, I guess Newcastle... What are the most passionate fans in England? In the Liverpool, I guess, right? Mm, I'd say Newcastle, yeah. You see, Liverpool has had some success in between, so they yeah. can sort of they have something to keep on going about. Yeah. Newcastle have nothing to. Imagine keep on going what about. would happen if Newcastle won a trophy. They'd be a seven-day bender, I reckon. Wow, <laughs> that would be worth going to Newcastle yeah. for. That's also what surprised me about Roma fans because they never really drink. No, <laughs> they didn't win a lot, though, to be honest, in, mm. their, in their, their history. But when they win, like. You know, Circo Massimo in Rome is the big, uh, big, big, big square, and uh, there were one million people when they won. One million? Scudetto. One million. When they won the Scudetto in 2001, one million people. We counted, so maybe it will be more than that. We've better sure like half of them were tourists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. What's the German equivalent then? Most uh, passionate fans? Difficult to say. I would say, like, in the sense of like these ups and downs, it's kind of like Cologne. Like they, if, if they get like on a winning streak of like two, three games, they just go like, yeah, Europa League, Champions League, something like that. And then like, <laughs> other way around, it's like, yeah, relegation. Okay. We saw that what Lucas did, you know, when they actually yeah. managed to just qualify for Europa League. Like, he went crazy. And so, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Lucas. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keep Keeping us in a job here. <laughs> uh, speaking of passionate fans, I was asked to record a motivational message. My God. <laughs> For uh, for Derry, oh, yeah, that would be played to the players before <laughs> the game. Well, I think for, uh, <laughs> they got relegated. Well, yeah. uh, no, they, I mean the season starts quite soon, and I've been asked to do a, uh, I've been asked to do a, what, what a, yeah, a how, bit of motivation. How does it start? Just to, I don't know. Really good start I'm, so far, yeah. I got to have it in by tomorrow, oh. and I'm really I'm I'm at sea for how to do this. <laughs> so if anybody has any tips, they want to you know give me about passion. Dress up like El Pacino. <laughs> Do, do the whole thing oh do the whole oh, yeah, thing yeah you could yeah. do the inch by inch, inch, by inch yeah. speech that's the that's the one they always go on about uh, yeah. any okay. any given Sunday yeah okay yeah. anyway something, <laughs> something from you've never had to give a motivational speech no never yeah no I'm worried <laughs> I don't know if I'm the motivational type anyway 
Joining me, Ema Court, on today's One Football podcast is Helga Voltman. Hi. Alex Mott. Hello. And Francesco Porzio. Hello. Should you wish to get in touch, tell us what you think of the pod, send over any questions, etc. The address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. Now, uh, we're going to start with Serie A, but we're not going to start with Juventus. Or that in Mila- a sense, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that Milan derby, or Lazio's chances of winning the league. We're going to start with Verona. Because they have the lowest wage bill in Serie A. And in the last week alone, they drew at Milan and Lazio and then beat champions and joint league leaders Juventus. All Ver- true. All Verona. True. All true. All what the hell is happening here? I thought it was just Verona, it was just about Romeo and Juliet. I mean, uh, they, are, they have a really good manager, which is Ivan Juric. But most of, most of it, they, have a, they are organized. You know, they are, they, are, they are a perfect organization in the club. Uh, and they pick the right players, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say just three names, which are Ramani and uh, Kumbulla. We are the centre backs. One of them is going to join Napoli next season, which is Ramani, and also Amrabat, who is uh, who is going to join Fiorentina. So they're they're already booked for the for ah, next season. Okay. So forget about them. Okay. But these three players, they show that. Doesn't mean that you go for you know one million euro or ten million euros. I mean they are very much organized. They know what they're doing, and they, 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 they the way they play, which is they don't do something incredible because they they're not pretending to dominate the game. They don't pretend to um, um, you know be the the, 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 the team that. Um, is passive, you know, in in, uh, in front of a big team. They just play their game the simple way, and they are doing that amazingly. And they are surprising everyone because I, when I made the prediction at the beginning of the season who was going to be relegated, I said Verona. And I mean, it's not just me. A lot of people said that mm-hmm. because they didn't look like a team that could stay in Serie A because most of us didn't know all the players that they bought. Mm. And also, they didn't seem that they changed a lot from last season. And when you don't change a lot from uh, the Serie B or the second division, it's very difficult to maintain the category, so to stay in Serie Oh, they just came up this season? Yeah, they yeah, came okay. up this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, we were talking about passionate fans. They also have Elas Verona fans are probably the, one of the most passionate in Italy. And they, they also won a Scudetto in the, in the 80s. So are oh, I know yeah, this one. And they yeah. won every game 1-0. Yeah. <laughs> Their goal difference was like plus 20 or something like that. That um, was Serie A in the 80s. That yeah. was every game was 1-0. Sam Allardyce said very negative football. He said that, right? Oh, I saw this the yeah. other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer okay. not to speak about it. Come on, But, Sam. Uh, uh, so the key word is organization and we were talking before starting here about Rome about Roma the way they are not organized so the way they are not organized in the club but also uh, because they change too much here they are not changing they are the same sport director in the last three years which is in Italy is a long time <laughs> because they are, when the results are not coming in Italy they always change you know and that's not that's not the right way to, to do things because when you change too much every season you have to start from zero and they started this process three years ago with a sport director that was already in the club so who knows uh, who was doing uh, they brought in a manager, Juric who showed uh, in the last years that 
could play a kind of football that's very specific. He's the um, he, he was the number two of Gasperini uh, at Inter, who wasn't a really successful uh, part of his career, but still, you no, know, uh, that was his uh, his teacher. So you know, Gasperini now everyone is celebrating him as one of the best managers in Italy. But you know, he was so Juric comes from that background, mm. and uh, but not copying his style is just doing another thing, but with some tips from Gasperini. So I would say the organization is the, um, the key word for describe this kind of... There's a sense of belief too, because they were, what, 1-0 down to Juventus, 75th minute, and then they came back to win 2-1. There, there must Juventus, be a, a, a strong sense of belief there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they have a personality and uh, they, they are now in a position that they, they don't have to be scared about anything because they know that they are good, they know that they will not be relegated, which was mm. the main problem at the beginning of the season. So now they just play free and without pressure yeah. and they just want to make good results and Juventus, winning against Juventus I have to say this year I mean it's still a big thing but Juventus doesn't seem this year to be unbeatable and uh I think we're going to talk about it. Yeah, few, we are going to talk about it. I just wanted to mention that uh, Ivan Juric is into his death metal. That's true. Which means, you know, he's sort of up your alley then, I think. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Two peas in a pot. Two peas, Ivan Juric. Yeah, you're welcome in Verona. So Juventus, problems aplenty. They can't even beat Verona. I mean, uh, <laughs> they... They... They're few problems I would say the, the main one is that it's not Ronaldo we're not talking about Ronaldo's hair here no and no, his no. Efforts also because young. Ronaldo Ronaldo is the only solution that they have yeah, that's the problem they're over reliant on him at the moment the last crazy. I think the last 12 goals they scored uh, no sorry in the last uh, in the last 15 goals they scored 12 are from Ronaldo and the other are from Di Miral Bonucci and one Higuain and one Dybala so that means that there is a the midfielder don't don't score goals the midfielders so you can relate only on Cristiano Ronaldo because he's uh, I mean the best player they have but what if one game uh, is not performing well and also I mean, you need other players to win games, not just one. And that's what's happening because he's doing everything alone. And the other players, even if they maybe they play good, but they not uh, they're not scoring, and that's a big problem. Mm. And uh, so I would say that the problem is not Ronaldo. The problem is more that the mentality of Sarri is not there yet. We cannot see it yet. And I remember last year when Sarri was uh, the manager of Chelsea, it was unbelievable how quick Chelsea embraced the mentality of Sarri. But a lot of Chelsea players have, since he's left have come out and said how repetitive and how boring they found training and every team in the Premier League sort of sussed them out pretty quickly, I think. So, yeah. so that, yeah, whether if that's the case at Juventus as well, you know, the sort of big world-class players are they really adapting to Sarri's, me- Sarri's methods and embracing them totally I'm not so sure to be honest also I remember that you know, at the beginning of August when um, uh, the season was about to start one player said not publicly but I know that he said that he was not sure if Sarri was going to end the season at Juventus oh 
Can so you, when can you tell us who it was off? I cannot off tell. I can off off but great. I know that for sure. So that means that if that is happening in August, imagine now what they're thinking. That's why there are already rumors that Juventus want to change the manager. Yeah. I think. He, I think what, already. Yeah, Allegri to come yeah. back. La, La Republica wrote in the week that um, some of the Juventus board members are thinking of bringing back Allegri because he's not because he's still on con in, in con still under oh, contract. Oh, he's still under contract. The other way, Italian yeah, yeah, yeah. works. Yeah, because yeah. you know, uh, Sarri was the ultimate step. Uh, to going for win the Champions League in another way because Juventus tried to win the Champions League with the pragmatism of Allegri and they went very close to it because you know they went they lost to finals they lost to finals mm -hmm. so they tried to change completely the mentality from the you know way of Allegri so it's a kind of uh, national team manager I call it because it's more like you know um, he has to um, I do say um, he Allegri's way of training is completely different from Sarri. You know, Sarri is very the mentality of Sarri is very close-minded, while Allegri is more open, is more open to change, is more open to talk to the players. While mm. Sarri mentality, we know, is like that. So they completely change it. So Sarri doesn't listen. Sarri doesn't listen to his players. He doesn't really care about what they. What I mean, he. he he also, I mean, if you think about how he treated Emre Can, how he, I mean, Emre Can was one of the most important players with Allegri. Remember, he was playing against Ajax. Uh, he, he, he made him play as a, as a, as a centre-back. So he was a key player for Allegri, which Sarri never played. Well, he was out of the Champions League squad, wasn't he, straight away? In, uh, yeah, in August, exactly, so. was, exactly. So, you know, mm. I also have to say that he arrived in a moment that Juve, they didn't change as much for Sarri for me because they you know if you have a manager like Sarri you need to buy players that stick to his mentality you can't just pretend mm. that everything is fine and he can he can do everything that he has done in the last years at Napoli and Chelsea with the players that you had because if you think players like Kedira or um, even the even Bernardeschi or uh, I don't know Rabiot they're not players that and you think are perfect. But then it's a crazy appointment, isn't it, from Juventus? If you're not going to buy totally into Sarri's methods, then why are you bringing him in? Like bringing him in. Because Juve are a club that um, they think, a bit close like Bayern probably, they think that the club is more important than anything else. Yeah, so and I, and if I, you, even if you bring a manager that is completely different from your history and not the history, but uh, how you were playing the last 10 years, because uh, uh, Allegri, Allegri play, uh, way of playing was a consequence of Conte. You know, everything started with Conte in 2011. So, you know, it's been how many years? Uh, nine, yeah. eight years that you were playing with the same style and the mm. same approach. So, you know, changing that... There's a lot to be said for that though, isn't there, to kind of take that approach and everybody knows this is how we work and, and you develop that over time, a bit like Barcelona used to do. Yeah, uh, the problem is that the cycle of Juventus for me will, will uh, this cycle um, is going to be over when Ronaldo will leave Juventus because, you know, this is the aim of everything, even the, 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 the Ronaldo transfer was to win the Champions League. I mean, that was clear from the first second. So, if they don't win the Champions League after all of this, 
was it worth it to you know change Allegri for the last year or two to to go for Sarri? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised if they change again this summer. And also, into your point, <coughs> sorry, um, to your point, if you are doing this at a club, I think it's it's a good idea to have like a consistency in, in how you want to play and also like for the youth teams. But then, as Alex said, like you should appoint the managers that are fitting mm -hmm. for that. Like if you then have that kind of style, then why bring in a manager like like Sarri who would like to overthrow that and do his own thing? Because exactly. For, like, don't teams. forget that Sarri wasn't the first choice at Juventus this summer. Who was? The first choice was Simone Inzaghi. Simone Inzaghi was the first one who was contacted in the, the Lazio manager and also they tried to go for Pochettino if you remember but then uh, they didn't they didn't let him go they can get him now Pochettino would make much more sense I yeah, think yeah. Juventus I mean, Pochettino would be perfect and uh, so Sarri was the was one of the first names was in the in the list but wasn't there you know we're going for Sarri 100% they had few names including Zaghi Pochettino uh, even Klopp they wanted but you know was impossible <laughs> and uh, so that at the end they went for Sarri but it's a completely different choice okay talk to us a little bit about the derby because it, it sounded like best game of the year <laughs> best game of the year was it all down to Ashley Young <laughs> Victor but, Moses but Victor Moses, Moses did an yeah. amazing assist yeah. and uh, I, you know you're laughing now but Ashley Young has been really good since he arrived well, no, I mean, I didn't, was, it, was it you who was making the argument that he was actually I, yeah. a decent boy no, we were saying yeah, we were both saying together we were saying that Okay, yeah, so he's while you were laughing, <laughs> while you were laughing, we were saying, uh, "Sorry, Ashley. that's the kind of player that Conte was needing, and it's perfect for the for the for Conte. And uh, you know, he's not doing something special, but he's still there. He's defensively not that bad, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the way Inter plays, it's uh, you know a three-five-two. The um, the uh, the wings are you know, as Conte says, the easiest role because you know you you don't have you don't have to do something." special uh, defensively to fuck it up at the end because there are three central defenders so at the end mm. it's, it's more you're covered you're covered so mm. it's easier you know yeah. that's what Conte says so I just repeat his words <laughs> so don't judge me what, uh, so obviously they went in 2-0 down at half time I mean, that was uh, the first time was the worst uh, in the inter season, inter season, by far. I mean, was uh, they were not doing two uh, <laughs> uh, passes in a row. They were like completely um, out of. Uh, I mean, they were not. They were not concentrated. Probably they were not like. Uh, it was a mess. It was disorganization. It was a disaster. And to be fair, Milan was really good. And, uh, uh, you know, Ibrahimovic made all the difference still. 38. Uh, he's still making the difference because both goals come from him. Mm. Still and comparing himself to a lion at 38. <laughs> uh, but uh, probably, I mean, he's the only one who can do that in that team because the others, without Ibrahimovic, I mean, since Ibrahimovic arrived, Milan is a completely different team. Yeah. They're playing a completely different way and uh, they're more, you know, sure probably what both are doing. They're more, um, how do you say, um, yeah, the, Ibrahimovic gave them the, the, the mentality that the team didn't have before and that was the reason why they brought him. And what happened in the second half then? What changed so much that they... Sorry? What happened in the second half then that Inter could uh, Probably Milan uh, relaxed a bit. So they were thinking, uh, not that it's done, but almost done. And uh, Inter scored immediately at, uh, after five minutes with Brovic. But with Brozovic, a volley, 
and uh, from that moment was only interplaying basically uh, Vecino scored after three minutes so it was very quick you didn't even realize Milan mm. was losing and then they were uh, level again and then uh, you know, Inter has proven in the last six months that they have a mentality that is very different from the other teams and they never give up Conte mentality is that one we were talking about Sarri but Conte mentality is that if you give up you are out of the field mm. even if you are Lukaku even if you are uh, any player so he doesn't care and they I don't know what he has done in the last time probably to you know see how exactly. he just stormed in just I was thinking about Pirlo you know Pier- there is a quote by Pirlo in the book who says uh, um, apart that he loves Conte he said I want to be a manager because of Conte but he said uh, you know what's the worst place to stay in the dressing room the one the one next to Conte because <laughs> in the halftime if he didn't like the first uh, half he was going to throw you everything he got like <laughs> bottles yeah. uh, everything wow. so I, I got he said I got hurt many times by Conte <laughs> so you, I can imagine that halftime what was going on did you ever get anything thrown at you in the dressing room uh, no nope okay. <laughs> more on that later then um, blah 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 yeah it's uh, win puts them back in with a chance of winning the league he said who said that no me I'm ah. saying that yeah <laughs> I'm saying it gives them because it looked like it was falling apart a little bit, but now they're they're right back. I think it's very. Is the, the is don't the, speak. They, don't speak as an Inter fan. No, you know? no, I'm speaking as a as a Serie A fan, let's yeah. say, and it's finally. Finally, we see a season that is not over in February. I mean, mm. to be honest, I don't know who's going to win. I still think the Inter don't have the. Um, the quality at the end to win over the other two but you don't know what is going to happen to the other two teams because if the other team being Lazio and Juventus Lazio. I mean yeah. Juventus I mean we all know is still the best team and they are the best team because you know if you have I always make the example when Demiral broke his ACL in the, against Roma came in the league who was paid 85 million in the summer so the, 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 the roster they have is too good to not to be the favorite but you know Lazio they are basically unbeatable because they are they, 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 they're playing amazingly mm-hmm. and uh, uh, even with few injuries they managed to have uh, a team that is fighting and uh, they didn't they didn't lost themselves during the season then that was going to happen in the last season so I think Lazio Lazio Inter I put them at the same level and on Sunday there will be Lazio Inter so there will be a crucial games crucial game and Juve still uh, like one point <laughs> right over your right shoulder there are the three jerseys exactly yeah. which is interesting in the order of Juventus Inter and Lazio I think that's probably the maybe it's a sign the, the, yeah it might be a sign I think Inter and Lazio are very, uh, very close if not equal okay uh, yeah. well, we're going to have to leave Roma to another time because <laughs> another podcast that's just about to, Roma that's just going to have to be yeah. a Roma Totti special uh, Totti we can talk about uh, you know they're going to make a TV series about Totti 
Really? Yeah. You remember they did those jokes with him before one of the World Cups? Was it the 2006 World Cup? He would tell all these silly jokes. And yeah, just yeah, yeah, the his... Barzellette is hot. Yeah, and, and, yeah. The jokes, yeah. And all the stupid jokes. Not funny at all. No. <laughs> I mean, I found them funny, but I couldn't understand the Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I just liked that they were all laughing the, uh, that, so that's much. Fine, that's what was the You laugh because thing. like Del Piero yeah. is laughing, um, yeah. uh, Nesta is laughing, Inzaghi is laughing, but not because they're funny. The no, jokes. but this is back when Del Piero had these very interesting yeah, yeah. sort of side, <laughs> intricate <laughs> side birds I think that was 2000, I went... 2002, 2002, before the World Cup in 2002. Yeah, when they robbed us against South Korea. Wow. Yeah. Were, you, were you even bored at that stage? Or? It's the first uh, football event that I remember. Oh, fuck. World Cup 2002. <laughs> yeah, what's yours? Uh, 98 World Cup. 98? You yeah. remember 98? Yeah, England, Tunisia. It's the first you? game I remember. 98 as well. Yeah. You? Yeah. 82 Italy win the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, proper probably the 1990 World Cup. Okay. The best one. The best one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best for Ireland anyway. Uh, now, in the Premier League, there wasn't too many games to talk about, but there was a win for Sheffield United, win the season two points behind Chelsea and fourth spot. Now, Alex, you were, uh, we, we want to talk about Chris Wilder because you were writing about him recently. Yes, I was. Uh, and you were putting him down as the best in the Premier League. Yeah, I think obviously Klopp has done an amazing job at Liverpool, but I think when you think about the resources that Sheffield United have, they have the lowest wage bill in the Premier League. Um, if you look back throughout the entire history of the Premier League, the team that has the lowest wage bill has never finished above 10th and has been relegated 16 out of the 24 times, something like that every year. So yeah, and they're fifth, which is just incredible. And I've, like, I've said countless times on this podcast the way that you should judge a manager is whether they make players better and I think if you look at the squad that Sheffield United have got players like Billy Sharp John Lundstrom Ollie McBurney who are if on paper probably very average championship players and he's got them playing fifth in the Premier League with a, a very interesting system the way they move Pep Guardiola said a few weeks ago that he's been watching Sheffield United games to learn things about the Premier League and to sort of implement those to Man City Pep Guardiola yeah because they they essentially play 3-5-2 but their centre-backs and their wing-backs sort of swap positions midway through games um, and it's confusing teams and I'm not sure how long it will last I'm it might last until the end of the season but I think next year I don't want to burst Sheffield United fans bubbles but <laughs> next year they might get found out a little bit more but for now I'd I mean, the way they're going, I don't really see how they can drop points at the moment. They're, they've got a real resilience about them. You know, they they won their down against Bournemouth uh, the weekend and won two one. They were controlled the game really from minute one. Um, John Lundstrom looks really good at the moment. Great um, for my fantasy team. <laughs> and Dean Henderson as well. I know he's on loan from Manchester United, but he's within in with the shout of being England's number one at the Euros if he keeps on going like this. Oh, so, he's been amazing. Yeah, he's been really, absolutely, really good. absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, Who's the current number one? Pickford? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think Henderson will get picked for the friendlies in March. Um, but they just give everyone a game. They're always in a game, even against Man City, Liverpool, the best teams. Um, and the way that the other teams that are going for fourth, Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham, they're very inconsistent at the moment so I don't know I, I don't want to say it out loud but potentially Sheffield United for Champions League boom Wow! <laughs> and um, I mean, even but even if they don't, I still think Chris Wilder for the job he's done this year would should be yeah given manager of the year. He's been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it'll probably go to club, but I don't know. I no? don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think 
Yeah, it, I think he, he, Chris Wilder might win, actually. So you've, uh, famously, you were a professional footballer. Well, uh, well not famously. At, but. at a very top level. <laughs> uh, autograph asking, more, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's, and you played under Wilder. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to overstate. I was there, for, we crossed paths briefly. Um, the summer that he joined Oxford, I was there for a little bit and I was involved in a few training sessions that he um, that he took. Um but you could just tell straight away that he was a proper manager. He just everything was planned out to perfection. He knew what he wanted from his team. We didn't try and we were Oxford United. We didn't try and play <laughs> Barcelona football. But um, he was just a proper manager and a proper man motivator. Um, he just he knew. Maybe everyone. he could give me some tips for my <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> for my dairy message. Yeah. Um, he he just like little things like he knew everyone's name at the club, um, even like the youth team players and the ladies in the kitchen and all just all that stuff um, and it made in, engendered a sense of the club being together and going in the right place and which at Oxygen United at that point was rare mm. um, and he's clearly done that wherever he's gone at Northampton he he took them up um, and he took the Sheffield United job when they were in League One they won League One they came second last year and this step up to the Premier League hasn't been a step too far so that probably just says everything you need to know about him in, really. in the piece you wrote too uh, you mentioned that he was doing uh, video analysis and stuff like that so because there, there could be a stereotype of him that sort of Allardyce Steinus yeah, well, you just, person, you just like have to look at like yeah, the quote from Guardiola was he's learning from Chris Wilder and how he sets out his team and that just says everything really they're not a long ball team the goal against Bournemouth at the weekend I think there was like 21 passes before the first goal um, but they can mix it up like the best teams can Liverpool play long ball sometimes this season but they play they do it when it's right to do it and that's what the best teams do so um, yeah he's not dogmatic in that respect he's um, yeah he's just a very modern coach I think and could end up beat Juventus didn't you yeah. <laughs> but and he says it like it is so he sort of has that reputation of being no nonsense and yeah but he's absolutely not that at all did he um, ever have to ball you out for doing uh, like not me personally but I've heard him shout a few decibels higher than I ever could that's okay. for sure <laughs> scary? yeah hairdresser scary? very scary hair dryer yeah. not hairdresser that's very different just yeah very he's a scary man but wow you, you, you respect him and yeah he, he yeah. was a good coach yeah Nice. Mm. Another uh, coach who you've also been impressed with so far is one Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. Three win over Palace at the weekend. That's yeah. a nice one. And it was um, what was amazing, really. Carlo Fantastico, Carlo Magnus. <laughs> what was amazing, really, was just how easy it was for Everton. They, well, certainly under Marcus Silva, they never sort of cruised a game like they did, like Everton did against Palace. Um, I think since Ancelotti got appointed in, in December, they played 11 games and only Liverpool have got more points in that time so yeah they're second in the form table um, I wouldn't have expected it with the midfield that they've got of Schneidlin and Gilfie Sigurdsson at the moment <laughs> but he's not but, the quickest midfield no no but Ancelotti just gets the best out of his players they love him He's they're playing with a smile on their face again he's got Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing the best football of his career so I think he'll probably be in the England squad as well next month um, they just they look like a proper football team which they didn't under Marcus Silva and it's not from the outside it's not sort of big ideas and grand plans it's just every player being a little bit better and everyone knows what they're doing now um, yeah which wasn't the case before so I think he's coming at the right time they've on a good run again a bit like Sheffield United every team is really inconsistent at the moment so if you can get a little bit of consistency 
there's no reason why everyone can't get okay. Euro also, now. Said that, oh, sorry, I think it's also like a matter of mentality. Like if you bring in Ancelotti, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to do yeah, something now. So the players true. step up a little bit. And I think that's probably some of the reasons as well. He's yeah. a, like, he's a, a name. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, also, as you said, the timing was perfect because they changed the manager. Like if you see the last 10 games uh, Everton played, they were not big games probably. Maybe only against Arsenal, which was a. Uh, I drew nil nil. Yeah, that yeah. was that, that was his was first it, game. He wasn't even on the bench, but uh, yeah, he was in the stands. Yeah, he was yeah, in the stands. So, yeah. so uh, unlike Arsenal, because Arsenal did the opposite, they changed the manager before they had like a uh, uh, City, Chelsea, yeah, Man United, United yeah. all the big games. So I don't know if they did it on purpose, probably not. Well, my mate, well I mean, that sounds like plan, more planning than Everton have done more in the past planning, four years. At least, but... you know, you br- now they have a very tough, tough weeks. Now they play against, I think, Tottenham, City, Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. all of them. But even if they lose a few games, uh, they will not be relegated. Why? Yeah, he's got some credit in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now he can, I mean, we all know that we will not judge Ancelotti from this season. I mean, that's, I mean it's impossible to do so. He will. The first season will be next one. Like for example, the same as Arteta and Mourinho at the end. So, but at the end, he he will he he has proven that he's still a big, a good manager because yeah. the last years uh, at Napoli. I don't. Uh, did we doubt him on the podcast? Maybe I did. I did, Well, Cynical I just me. it seemed like a strange appointment. Because mm. he, for him probably. Yeah, because he's been at big clubs his whole career. Um, but yeah, he's done amazingly well. Amazingly well. So okay. yeah, all pass him. Uh, a lack of Premier League action means we have a chance to talk about the championship mm. the title race yeah jeez that's a tight one yeah it's um, it's it? the best league to watch in Europe I've uh, wow. yeah, I re- no it yeah. is it's, a, it's it, brilliant it is, it is very it's good it's just any yeah. uh, as it is every year any team can beat any other team on any day um, yeah West Brom look like standouts at the moment they beat Millwall at the weekend which wasn't a particularly high quality game but they've been uh, <laughs> the storm didn't help that to be fair but um, no they look really good they've got yeah Charlie Austin scoring goals Hal robson Carno, um Sammy Ajay at centre back is really good Nathan Ferguson although his move to Palace fell through but, so that, yeah it's a bit of an odd situation but they just and Slaven Bilic is a bit too good for that level I think so yeah and Slaven is yeah, there Slaven's their manager yeah, and he's, yeah. he's just got them humming along really well so I yeah Leeds yeah so I think they'll well, go up Leeds. Well, Leeds have fully fallen off a cliff now. Um, I, I heard an interesting interview with Pontus Janssen actually, because um, he went to Brentford and Brentford played Leeds last night. They drew one each, um, and he was saying that last season when he was at Leeds, he just felt mentally and physically exhausted by April, as if like he just couldn't. They couldn't get up for games anymore because they were so exhausted. Way off for training. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a problem his whole career. He's. Again, he's just too stubborn to change which you know Leeds knew what they were getting when they hired him they've never been out of the uh, playoffs since he's been there so he's done an amazing job but the way they're playing at the moment they can't score goals with Patrick Bamford is not good enough really for the championship um, they didn't replace Roof last season probably well yeah that, and also the big problem a lot of people have been going out been saying about the problems up front but Kiko Casilla in goal is an absolute disaster <laughs> he, had, he, was an, yesterday, he, had yesterday. Toby, yeah, he had another shock yesterday yeah he had another shock yesterday so like. <laughs> it was um, yeah they need to change him whether they will or not I don't know um, but yeah Leeds 
Not that they've completely fallen off a cliff because they did well to come back yesterday and, and get a point. Um, they're still in second? They're still right. in second, mm. but it's really tight now. Whereas they were with West Brom sort of out clear but just before Christmas. They were like 10 points. Ahead. Yeah, so they need to change that around. Um, but the, the difference, like we were saying about Bamford's, Fulham have got Mitrovic. He's, they won one at the weekend. He scored. I think he scored in their last five games. He's too good for the championship. And that is the difference. Someone who can score goals even when you're not playing well. Um, and that's, I think Fulham might go straight back up because of because of him. Um, is it Bamford who's like the violin? Yeah, he played like, yeah, grade eight violin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got Augustine, or, uh, yeah, John Kevin Augustine from Leipzig now. So, if he comes in, maybe Leeds can start scoring again. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I would. They get injured, something like that. No, Bielsa is just very sort of. Okay. He likes to make sure that the players know exactly what they're doing <laughs> before they come into the that. team. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's so hopefully he might come in at the weekend and they might start scoring again. But yeah, I'd say Fulham now because they're just on a really good run. Brentford are looking really good as well. Um, Thomas Frank, their manager's got all the right ideas about how to play. Um, they actually just bought two of Oxford's best players in January, um, Fosu and Baptiste, two, two really good young players. They've got a really good scouting network at Brentford um, and they're getting a new stadium as well. So if they can, they go in there next year, I think. So that would be perfect timing for them if they can get mm. into the Premier League. But um, yeah, West Brom and Fulham for me, top two. And then it could be one of eight in the playoffs, mm. to be honest. So yeah, it should be really good to watch. Pontus Janssen once tweeted me. <laughs> <coughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Those were the dark days. Uh, uh, meanwhile, in the Bundesliga, Helga, Jurgen Klinsmann. He's, <laughs> he's gone already. Oh, shit. It's, here it's we go most, again. It's <laughs> the most interesting league to watch in Europe at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oli Erta, Oli Erta, What the hell happened? He's only been in there for like, what, 76 days or something? Yeah, it's 10 weeks. It's uh, they, we, we talked about it in the office. It's basically a clusterfuck. Like, it, it's com- like completely... It's redefining what clusterfuck is. Yeah, they completely <laughs> imploded the club. And, and if you ever wished for an investor to come into your team to just give you a bunch of money, think twice. Like, it has to be the right person because otherwise just it's really impressive what they did in the short amount of time that they're there and we already talked about like a couple of weeks ago that they burned through most of their money in the transfer market mm. made some more uh, signings since then but yeah so so what happened basically is that so Klinsmann comes in 10 weeks ago starts talking about how they're going to play or challenge for the Champions League and and uh, the championship in, in the Bundesliga in the next uh, three to five years <laughs> Uh, calls it the most exciting project in Europe or in the football world something like that like, like, he all the US trades of like going in there with like leave the enthusiasm behind you yeah, yeah, yeah all of that like, we live in. in the negative over here <laughs> so then he goes on and spends 75 million euros in the in the winter market on like Piontek on Cunha on, on Toussaint who's not even there yet who already said that he's not going to come if they get relegated <laughs> is, that, is that actually like a clause in the deal I don't know he said it to keep that he's not going to go if they're going to get relegated oh my god yeah, this, is, this is all fun um, so I'm then excited <laughs> <laughs> so then yesterday uh, in the morning we see an, a message on his Facebook account where like, he makes Facebook great again which is, which is good <laughs> okay. like, that's where you get your that's where you get your news now <laughs> so he has a message there goes I'm going to step down I don't have the trust by, by the like, club bosses I can't work as a coach like this has been fun ciao 
the club doesn't react to it because they're completely off guard. They didn't know what was going to happen. It, needs, it takes one hour for them to actually react to it and then they officially confirm that he stepped down. Um, then um, comes out that the investor of the club... I actually like, I had to look at my notes because this is really, really confusing. <laughs> okay. It's the first time ever I took notes for a podcast. <laughs> Handwritten, I would say. Yeah. Well, too. It's very nice. Um, so then... The investor comes out, tells Kicker that he knew the day before that Klinsmann was going to step down, but he didn't tell the club, so the club could prepare for it. Also, Klinsmann does a Facebook Live. Like, I'm telling you, making Facebook great again. Like, he did a Facebook he Live? He did a Facebook Live with the fans where he's answering their questions, saying like, oh, we're making such progress and the next weeks are so promising. And he already knew that he was going to step down the next morning, apparently, because he told the investor. Um, wow. So, so, then yeah, he, yeah, 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 I'm trying to get this all right. So then he says there's no, not enough trust to actually work with these people anymore. But he doesn't leave the club because before he was a member of the board, he was appointed as that. Then he stepped in to become the coach. Now he goes back to become a member of the board. So now he has to evaluate the work of the bosses that didn't trust him enough. Apparently, now he's the one who's kind of like evaluating what's what's happening. So with Michael Pretz, or no? Yeah, Michael Pretz, the kind of like, like sporting director, general manager figure, and Van so he can fire them now. No, he can because <laughs> they don't have a majority in the okay. in the board. They have a, like Vintors is the, the investor Las Ventors they have four seats in the board out of nine so they can't reappoint any any person there but well yeah can't. basically he, he can make like, but I, I read that he has to be the technical director yes that, that came out later wait get ahead of yourself he's got his notes here Francesco yeah, yeah. come on so later it's, in the it's evening, like the Irishman yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. later in the evening he says like he confirms there was a power struggle between him and names he didn't want to name but everybody knows it's Pritz and Gegenbauer um, cause like he didn't say what he wanted he, he kind of said like I wanted to be uh, he wanted to be like More the control. old school uh, English um, like manager system where they also do the appointments of, of players he's like that's the system to go with and yeah we talked about it on the way here he's like but that's not, not how they do it anymore in England like everybody's moving away like everybody's getting sporting directors mm. and like but he wanted to go old fashioned so he wanted to go old fashioned ah, have a, all the all the power with him um, well, then, this is complicated. Yeah, it is very complicated. Then mm. Kicker comes out, uh, the one of the bigger, uh, like the biggest uh, football newspaper uh, magazine here in, in Germany, comes out and says uh, that apparently he wanted to become a technical director. That was the term um, that he didn't use, but it's more or less like he wanted to be the coach and the technical director. And then Tagesspiegel, a uh, Berlin newspaper, quotes a source from the club saying that. Uh, Klinsmann wanted basically everything, wanted a long-term contract, more money, and that he was basically suffering from delusions of grandeur and is uh, uh, simply crazy. Wow. So that's, the, that's the, everything that oh, happened sure. yesterday. If I cannot sound... Oh, go, go. No, sorry, that's every, everything that happened yesterday, and now, of course, the question is how old they're who going, is going to be? Who is going to be a manager now? Well, they had Nuri, who was already the assistant coach, who was like a former Vela Bremen first league manager, so he has some experience, and also... Klinsmann is known to not really interfere that much in the in the actual coaching, more of like a man manager, motivational, kind of like overseeing everything and kind of like. I wanted to say that work. was like over Christmas. I spoke with a team manager of Verta, who is a friend of mine because he's Italian also. <laughs> But uh, uh, and he was telling me that. 
Griezmann, he wasn't really happy to be honest about it, but he told me he told me that Griezmann was going to change a lot. Like he was, uh, uh, he wanted to change all the uh, the plans for already next summer. Like we're all what to do in the you know the friendlies and there are things that were set by the beginning of the season. So he wanted to have to put a word in everything that was going on in the club. So it surprised me. It surprised me that because if he if he was going to be involved that much in all these decisions. I mean, why would you step back? I mean, at the end, if you took already a lot of decision also in the transfers, because we, I mean, I would be surprised if he didn't decide about the transfers. I mean, no, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very weird to complain about a lack of trust if the club just gave you yeah, 75 million, million yeah. to just buy new players. Mm. And not forget that Hertha is 15 in the league. No, how, how, how many points so they have? They have six points ahead of the relegation. So exactly. They're not like in a position that they can, you know, spend mm. 80 million and give it to Klisma like that. Well, they have the investor money, but yeah. they, they, burned through more than half of it already and still they're losing 1-3 against Mainz mm. so it's not like they're now challenging you know the, the top they're still like the, te- the, the teams they can beat are still Dusseldorf, Mainz and and like teams like that like the smaller teams of the league that's like their competition right now he spent on average £900,000 a day in the transfer <laughs> market during his time in charge actually it was also like uh, I think I heard oh no, they, yeah they paid like for every day that he was there yeah. it cost them $900,000 yeah. uh, uh, euros in, in, in worth fees, yeah. one day in worth charge it, yeah. uh, for every goal he scored for either Inter Milan or Monaco but the question now is also like how is it going to go on but what sort of coach is going to want to come into this mess? A good Kovac like, doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? Yeah. There's already quotes of like Kovac from, was linked with the job. Yeah, because he's been a player there before. They already uh, asked him yeah. before Klinsmann okay. stepped in. But he said, like back then, it was reported that he wanted to take the, the the season off, kind of like to recover from the Bayern experience or like the job that he had there and like all the stress. And um, now apparently they contacted him again, but I forgot the newspaper was like someone reported that uh, from his uh, like social circle, someone said to them that he wants to uh, that he's it's too chaotic there. He doesn't want to get into it right now. <laughs> Guess wants why? To see how it's going to work out. Sari's going to be out of a job soon. <laughs> get, him, get him in there. Allegri, Allegri, Allegri yeah. But also, it's like how is Preetz going to go now? So Klinsmann is now on the board. Wants to become technical director. The investor they brought in Klinsmann, who was kind of like, "Oh, this is my my man in charge. Like he has all the football knowledge that I don't have." How's Preetz going to continue on with that? Like, the, basically, he's now being being like referring. Uh, he's he has to report to a person that said he doesn't trust him anymore. The only thing that made me think this might be a uh, decision to step back. <laughs> be a way to not be sacked also in the next weeks uh, no but he was and also close to that maybe now he has even more power because he's in a position that mm. now he said I step I step back because I, I took my responsibilities I said okay I, I don't have the the trust and everything so maybe at the end of the season they could say okay Preds can go and Klisman will replace him. I think that's the that's the point. And like him stepping back is a way to you and, know, and, and it's a strategic like way to say Pritz. maybe next I, w- I, w- I will be the one who will replace Preds instead of probably that. Yeah, no. but it's also like he's been really weird. Like now, like when he came in, the most exciting project in Europe. Then when he goes out, he called it a suicide mission. Like <laughs> it's it's really like wow. it's, it's a weird thing that like. But yeah, I think it's basically putting the pressure on Preds. 
getting him out of the club because there's like the two mentalities Preetz, so like supposedly it's like the reporting there's like that he wants to be more like a developmental club like where the young talents can go kind of like a kind of like like, like oh. young players going there being successful selling them on and then making money from that and then like kind of also on like a like a yeah on a little smaller <laughs> scale for for Leipzig uh, like like Leipzig um, whereas Klinsmann is the one like no we're gonna get players like Piontek they didn't work at big clubs but now they can work with us and then uh, like Tussar like oh we're gonna like bring on all these expensive players and kind of like I know they're also young still but you know not as in the sense of like Leipzig bringing in like 19 year old 20 year old uh, talent we'd be willing to let Alex go on loan uh, if they need <laughs> any sort of midfielders he doesn't even play with us still haven't seen him playing I am I am dying to see Alex play he never comes <laughs> never tomorrow comes. you're doing nothing and you stay home you don't come with us he doesn't even come and give you kind of shout no, kind of give, like nothing. tactical instructions or anything. No, I'm I don't want to lower myself to your level mate that's no. why no. <laughs> uh, we do have to wrap up quite soon uh, Helga physical point of view <laughs> before a fight breaks out uh, before a fight breaks out but uh, last time we talked Leipzig were four points up uh, after the draw with Bayern they're now behind Bayern yeah that, that went quick that went quick didn't it uh, <laughs> this is Bayern's ascension to the throne once again is it or um, I think I would have said yes if they would have won the, the game the last weekend they played against each other Leipzig and Bayern tied uh, 0-0 if they would have won that they would have been like, up front uh, four points then I would have said yeah that's, that's it with this also, like there's like this still interesting fact is that um, Gladbach game couldn't be played because of the storm, so they have one game in hand that would get them to one point away from Bayern if they win against Cologne, which is possible definitely. Um, then we would have Bayern one point away from Gladbach and Leipzig and Dortmund behind that. I think three points if I if I have it correctly. So it's still like a very open race there. And like if Bayern just drops points once, then like the other teams can go ahead. So it's it's still quite open. Uh, I said it like three weeks ago already that I think still Bayern or Dortmund just because of the like most likely Bayern because of the experience are probably going to make it in the end. But yeah, like it's it's also difficult because Leipzig admitted, like Vienna was saying, like we didn't handle it well being on top. Huh. That's interesting. Kind of like thinking too much about like oh how is it, like how is it going to be to be champions? Just celebrations. <laughs> um, like there was this now typical thing of bringing the the barber into the team hotel one day before the before the game and like everybody gets a haircut and they post it on social media. Well. Well, it's been like a topic in the Bundesliga because Dortmund did it before they got kicked out in the Champions League last year I think against Tottenham where they just fly in like a barber I think from England somewhere from in London and then he cuts like nine players here and everybody posts it on social media like the day before the game and it just doesn't look good if you lose the next day mm. maybe like, we should do that before the podcast <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um, like apparently they, they, from their own account, they didn't handle it well, and now they just feel comfortable and like, oh no, we want to like go to Champions League and see where stuff gets us, and I think that's where they're going to end up in the Champions League. They've taught them, don't they? Yeah, it should be a good one. It should be. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Helga, Alex and Francesco. We'll be back next week, but should you miss us in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. <laughs>